My Seven Chakras, Episode Two. If you do what is hard, your life will be easy. If you do what is easy, your life will be hard. The seven chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body, from the base of the spine to the crown of the head, for thousands of years. This ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. Join Aditya as he embarks on a journey to interview healers, thought leaders, and experts who have dedicated their lives to raising the level of human consciousness. Welcome to my seven chakras, and now your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. I am excited to bring you our featured guest today, Bobby Foster. Bobby, are you prepared to inspire? I am. Thank you very much for having me, Aditya. Thanks a lot, Bobby. So, Bobby is a creative conduit guiding thirsty soul seekers through transformation. So, Bobby, I've given our listeners a short introduction. So, why don't you take about forty seconds to introduce yourself? Sure. Thank you. Namaste, everyone. As Aditya said, my name is Bobby Foster. My totem animal and the name that I normally go by when I'm working with anyone is Yin Yang Butterfly. And hopefully we'll get a chance to talk about where that came from. Here's a little bit about myself. I am a life design coach, a radio drama producer of a show called Ancient Frequencies, and I'm also a musician and stage performer. And I live and work in the beautiful city of Richmond, Virginia. And I am honored and absolutely grateful to be a part of this show today. Well, thank you, Bobby. We are literally stoked. So <laughs> good, good, right here at here at my seven chakras, we believe in the power of Ichin and Sanzin, which is a Buddhist term, which means that there are three thousand words, three thousand possibilities, mm-hmm. or three thousand outcomes from just mm-hmm. a single thought. In other words, there is infinite potential in a, in a single thought, concept, or idea. So we usually start our show with an inspirational quote mm-hmm. that will get us into a space of awareness. learning and compassion subhavi what's your favorite inspirational quote mm. give us an example of how you apply this quote to your everyday life great i absolutely love that term and that's that's the first time i've heard that so i'm glad you shared it with me the quote that i pulled is a quote that had a huge impact on me when i first heard it and it was hard for me to pick one because there's so many a lot of the work that i do revolves around using knowledge and integrating quotes from different wisdom traditions and spiritual leaders to help people change their life. So this is a quote that has had a huge impact on me and hopefully it will resonate with others. And the quote says this, if you do what is hard, your life will be easy. If you do what is easy, your life will be hard. I love hearing any form of paradox and this quote comes from a fabulous motivational speaker named Les Brown and I apply this quote literally to every part of my life whether that's uh, spiritual practices like the vedic mantra chanting that i do with one of my uh, hindu teachers uh, if i'm doing vipassana insight meditation mm-hmm. or rising early to commune with nature i keep this quote in mind because it's always easier uh, there's always an easier route but doing what is hard is absolutely necessary another opportunity in which i can use this quote Anytime I'm confronting an uncomfortable situation, like if I'm revealing who I really have come to believe myself to be to my friends and family, that's a scary, uh, that's a really scary situation sometimes, right? We're often wondering, are we going to be judged? How is this person going so to receive so me? Will they receive me? So keeping that quote in mind, anytime I'm confronting something uncomfortable, very important for me. And another time is uh, finishing projects. finishing tasks. I want to go to sleep or maybe I I feel like I need to just sit back and it's not mm-hmm. worth it for me to finish it. I always remind myself if I do what is hard, my life will be easy. Beautiful. Beautifully stated. In fact, three things, Bobby. Firstly, mm. uh it's a big coincidence <laughs> because I listen right. to Les Brown videos every morning. Yes. And that that right. sort of ties right. to the morning ritual which we'll be discussing about in a bit. And the second thing you brought about is the concept of vulnerability because as entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. as people, as people on a journey in general, we have to be vulnerable at a certain point and that mm-hmm. exposes the true self yes. uh, to the world and that's yes. not easy yes 
That's exactly right. Vulnerability. I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. Yeah. I was out at a, uh, a jazz concert the other night, mm-hmm. and I don't know. You're probably familiar with the law of attraction, and you've heard about being in a particular frequency band. You attract yes. others at that frequency level or that mm-hmm. vibration. So here I am, uh, being very cognizant of staying in my authenticity, and I met the most amazing woman who came right when I walked in the door. She looked at me. She smiled. And later on, she sat down next to me and sat down next to my friend. And we talked and I I spoke to her on the phone a week later. And I said, what was it that compelled you to sit down next to us? And she said, you were just so vulnerable and honest Mm. and open. And I said, yes, I was doing that on purpose because I wanted her to know that I was a kindred spirit. So I'm so glad you brought up vulnerability. It's really important. Beautiful. Thanks a lot, Bobby. So, Bobby, let's just mm-hmm. say you're at a beautiful health resort mm-hmm. somewhere among the mountains and someone asks you, Bobby, what is the main focus at this point in life? Yes. What would you tell them? I'm really glad you had this question because I work with a men's group called the Mankind Project. And I'll share that in the document later mm-hmm. so that listeners can look into this organization. But one of the activities that we focus on within the Mankind Project is understanding mission and vocation Mm -hmm. in someone's life. Uh, So my mission is I create a world of unity, harmony, and purpose by living my life authentically, loving others unconditionally, and inspiring others to uncover their unique, essential selves. Beautifully put. Thanks, Bobby. Uh, So my seven chakras is all about learning Mm -hmm. about our chakras. So for those who don't know what a chakra is, the Sanskrit Mm -hmm. word chakra literally means a wheel or a disc. In in yoga, meditation, energy healing, this Mm -hmm. term refers to the wheels of energy throughout our body. And there are seven main chakras which are aligned along the spine, Mm -hmm. starting from the base of the spine through to the crown of the head. And these swirling chakras contain energy, invisible energy called prana, which is the vital life force that keeps us vibrant, healthy and alive. So, Bobby, could you tell us a little bit about the significance of chakras in your practice? Yes. And this was, this was another interesting question for me because one of my spiritual teachers who is a, a he was a priest in India for about 15 years. His name is Swamiji. Okay. And he's teaching me the Veda and mantra meditation and the traditional form of Raja Yoga. And we often will focus just on the discipline of the practice rather than on saying, today I'm going to clean chakra five, chakra six. Mm -hmm. We will just focus on the practice and the discipline that's involved. So when I'm doing any of my spiritual work, I'm disciplining myself to engage in the emotional, physical, mental activities that move the energy, the prana, through Mm -hmm. my chakra system. So I'll give you an example. When I'm doing uh, the Shakambari Gayatri Devi Mantra, if I'm doing Mm -hmm. any Vedic mantra meditation, that practice, if I'm very, if I'm disciplined and focused, rarefies the uh, prana that's coming out of my third eye my chakra six. Mm -hmm. But rather than saying to myself, today I'm going to focus on it, I will have discipline with getting the practice absolutely right and focus on locking in with my teacher. And bam, the result is I light up my my third eye and I can feel prana. I use this term when I'm, or this example, when I'm talking to my teacher, Mm -hmm. it feels as though my body is resonating like a bell. That's what's happening. And, uh, and that's how I, that's the significance of chakras for me. Very important, but I've learned to, to engage in those spiritual disciplines that wind up rarefying that prana and allowing it to, to grow uh, in my body. Thanks a lot, Bobby. In fact, this mm-hmm. rings a bell in my mind because mm-hmm. we, we've come to an age where always with a to-do list, we want to do things, complete that, complete this. Mm-hmm. But I think what we need to realize is that we are not human doings we are human mm-hmm. beings mm-hmm. we just mm-hmm. have to be in the moment and enjoy mm-hmm. uh, and, and 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 be grateful mm-hmm. absolutely well said very well said <laughs> so bobby could you talk a little bit about this beautiful spiritual practice what do you like most about it and how has it benefited you so far yes and i'll give just a little bit of a precursor on on what it is and where it comes from absolutely so, so 
The alternative healing practice that I am engaging in involves connecting clients with their essential selves and what Joseph Campbell called bliss. And, and here's why. What I have discovered along my journey working with my teachers and with my different counselors and coaches, as well as with healing family and friends, is that misalignment between ego and self causes concentric damage to all aspects of one's life, whether it's showing up in terms of addiction or chronic anxiety, shame, depression, mm-hmm. fatigue, illness, cancer even. We'll get into a story about cancer in a moment. Laziness, anger, oblivion, you name it. At the core of that healing is uncovering, accepting, mm-hmm. and loving our true selves. And that's extremely hard. And it can be really scary and uncomfortable because a lot of times when we're engaging mm-hmm. in a practice like um, mantra meditation or vipassana insight meditation, we're going to have feelings come up that we may not have dealt with before. And it can be really scary to confront them, but it's absolutely essential. So in my life, living authentically and coming to love who I really am has radically transformed everything. Mm-hmm. I, I suffered from uh, chronic anxiety that was revealed to me when I started this practice. And I kept asking myself, how do I dissolve this? What do I need to do to dissolve this? And I found that the answer was in really knowing and embracing my true self. Everything began to blossom when I did that. Finance, purpose, drive, compassion, empathy, relaxation, emotional intelligence. It doesn't matter. It, you can think of your mm-hmm. essential self, your true self as the hub. I love that you use the wheel as the yep. example for chakra because this is an analogy that's become important for me. Think of your true self as the hub of a wheel. Every spoke of your life is connected to it. And if you have a strong hub, you have a strong wheel. If you know yourself well and you embrace and love your true self, your wheel will be strong. But if it's weak and you don't, then almost certainly you'll have continual breakdown in the wheel. Very, very inspiring. Uh, So Bobby, I'm a bit curious. How did you get into this practice? What were you doing before you began this practice? Mm -hmm. Tell us the story behind it. Yes. You know, I had a really hard time uh, coming to the realization that everything happened exactly as it needed to happen to get me where I am. So mm. when people used to ask me this question, mm. I would say, oh, you know, I was caught in this horrible job. And I thought, you know what? Everything that's happened to me in my life set me up for the next chapter. So I'm grateful for everything. I'm grateful for the job that I had before the work that I do now. And, and that will lead me into where I was. So I worked in high technology in in San Francisco, in the Bay Area, and I was cold calling all day. That's what I did. I would cold call people, you know, a job that nobody wants to have, but I'll tell you what, I did that for 18 months and I learned so much. Mm -hmm. I learned, I'll give you an example. I learned that, you know, if you call someone and you say, hi, Mr. Jones, it's Bobby with such and such company. How are you doing? Click. They're going to hang up the phone on you because your tone is saying, I don't care. I'm not being authentic. So I learned that if I call somebody and I say, how are you? This is Bobby. It's been a while since we talked. Whoa, whoa, who is this person? Paradigm shift. They're going to relax and I'm going to let them know I'm not selling. I'm here to try to find some time to talk about something that I think is important to you based on XYZ research that I've done. Mm-hmm. People love to hear that, you know, and it's, it's, so it really taught me a lot, but I realized that number one, we sell everything all the time. We just sometimes have a negative connotation about selling. It's happening constantly. We're selling our personality to our friends when we meet them or family, parents. If we have new ideas, we're almost pitching them to ourselves about, I should move across the country to Bend, Oregon. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Let's, why? Because they have good weather, so on and so forth. Yeah. So the secret is that you know, selling is about, um, it's about being authentic and providing, as Les Brown says, more service than you get paid for mm-hmm. and being grateful throughout the whole process. So when I, when I realized that, I said, I'm glad I had this experience. I knew I needed to leave my job and we're going to get into why I left because it has to do with the most inspiring healing story, uh, why I ended up leaving. But I left 
I started my own business as a voice actor. I was able to have success there. And then that led me directly into doing life design work and radio, radio drama production. And that's where I am today. Thanks for sharing. In fact, uh, the sales analogy that you shared was so inspiring. <laughs> I, I resonate totally with that because what I've read recently is that when people are buying, they're not buying your product. They're not buying your service. They're right. buying the transformation. They're yes. buying the experience. And if you can take them from where they are right now, closer to their dreams, yes. well, then nothing wrong with selling at all. So thanks right. for that, Bobby. Yes. Great. So, Bobby, let's say a person is listening to the show right now and really wants to begin the spiritual journey mm -hmm. uh, and the practice that you're associated with right now. What are yes. certain benefits that this person could obtain in the short term yes. and on the long term basis? Great. I love this question. I love that you broke it down into short term and long term because it's it shows that you are a you are a practitioner yourself because you know that there are some things that happen in the short term, but really what we're working for is long term. Uh, so on the short term, what you'll notice almost immediately within the thirty days. So I shouldn't say immediately. I would say at the end of thirty days, what you will experience is a taste of success. Definitely excitement about the potential for what the potential that you will tap into a huge, enormous burst of energy, probably energy that you've never accessed before. Or if you have, it'll be even more rarefied and intense. Wow. Uh, I've seen radical mood shifts from walking around saying, you know, what am I doing with my life to I am really glad to be here right now. I'm in a really positive mood all the way to amazing empathic abilities you wind up saying, I see this person who's happy. I'm feeling happy for them. I see this person who's sad. I'm feeling sad for them. That's amazing. That's how you know you're on the mm -hmm. right path. But equally important, and this is something that um, two authors of my one of my favorite books that we're going to talk about later say, is that you have to remember that changing your life is hard. So short-term benefits, short-term realities, terror You'll experience doubt. I experienced doubt when I was first going through this, sometimes anger at myself mm. or anger even at my teachers. And my teacher is so good. He says, you know, uh, sometimes students get angry at me because I bring up something in them that they've never seen in themselves. And mm -hmm. the secret is to keep going. If you're going through hell, do not stop. Keep going through hell. So you may feel anger, fear, pain, loss, but know that those are emotions just as sacred as happiness or joy or bliss and that they will change. If you keep working through them, they will change. So those are, those are short-term realities and benefits. Mm -hmm. And long-term, uh, long-term, I love this analogy. Yeah. You become like water, able to effortlessly move with whatever life expects of you and challenges you with. Absolutely. Be like water. Thanks for that, yes. uh, Bobby. So uh, connecting and tying to our next question, mm -hmm. the alternative healing space is truly amazing where at times miracles can take place. Mm -hmm. I've heard of numerous healing stories in which people literally transformed their lives. So Bobby, since you've already sort of suggested a while back, what is your biggest and most inspiring client success story till date? Mm -hmm. This is this is a really important, important question for me to answer because it directly ties into how I found my life purpose and how mm -hmm. I found my calling. And it touches on so many different pieces of spiritual wisdom, things like, you know, where your pain is, so too is your life. And Joseph Campbell talked about that when he was quoting some of the, the Arthurian romances, like the Parsifal story. So the story is... When I was living in San Francisco, I took a spiritual journey to Machu Picchu in Peru. Beautiful. Right before I took that trip, my mother called me and said, actually, my grandmother called me and said, your mom's been in a car accident and, uh, and she's going to the hospital. She had a seizure behind the wheel of her car. Well, I had that feeling of terror that we so often uh, can associate with that my stomach was just being literally turned inside out. So I called my mom the next day. Actually, it was that night. And she said, I want you to take this trip. I want you to go to Peru. I know this is important for you. I will, I'm forever grateful for her for, for giving me that permission because I wouldn't have gone. I would have immediately flown to Virginia. Took the trip. 
had a spiritual awakening and I knew I needed to change my life at that moment. Something was going to happen. I didn't know what, but I needed to change. I'm sitting on the top of this sacred city, looking over the Andes Mountains and just really connecting to, to spirit and you know, crying and, and having a, a wonderful emotional experience. I came back and my mom said to me the day I got back, uh, I, have, uh, I have an open craniotomy scheduled on Wednesday and it was Monday. So I knew in that moment, bam, I didn't want to do it. I was afraid. I was actually angry at my mom for the way I was raised. I'm sure there's probably many people listening mm, that may yeah, be able to yeah. relate to that. Yeah. And I said, this is my journey because it is hard. And I told my boss, I'm, I'm done. I have to go. I have to go do this. I lived with my mom for eight months and I healed our relationship. I kept healing myself. I started my business. And in that process, I began using the tools that I now use with Catalyze Your Life, which is my life design program with my mom. She went from stage three malignant brain tumor Mm -hmm. to stage two, no progression. Her focal seizures had disappeared because we focused on her anxiety and we used the practices in this program to create a healing environment for her in our home so that she was able to break free from these seizures. That was the first time that I had a really dynamic healing story and and really important wow. for me personally yeah wow yeah. and and that would not have happened maybe if you had not gone to Machu Picchu in South America right exactly right exactly right so and it all comes back to probably what you know which is that we all have the power within us oftentimes these these teachers and spiritual guides are just mirrors and they show us who we are and what we are and what we possess that was what my mom was doing for me she was the mirror for me and then i became her conduit her spiritual conduit for her to tap into her own power and heal herself. That's that's wonderful that you say that because Bobby, I'm a Buddhist myself and in Buddhism, we have a principle called the principle of oneness and environment because sometimes we feel that we are different from the people. But what we need to realize is sometimes, like you said, right. we see the mirror and we see ourselves in our family in our parents in in our in our you know supervisors as well yes. and we are in this journey together we're not separate and uh, we're just moving to the same spot the same location but from different directions i love that that's extremely well said yes thanks thanks a lot bobby so bobby what is one beneficial health advice or tip that you could share with our audience which can be implemented immediately Mm -hmm. for example i've heard that consuming two tablespoons of coconut oil each Mm -hmm. day Mm -hmm. helps in weight reduction Mm -hmm. this is a great question because i i don't come from an environment of uh, or a background of a of a doctor or a Mm -hmm. physician But what I have learned from my teachers is that how you eat your food is as important as what you eat. And I didn't really know what they were saying for a long time until one morning I was eating my breakfast and I found myself absolutely consumed in what needed to be done next. I wasn't Mm -hmm. thinking about what I was eating And I began to change my relationship to my food and specifically to the meal time itself. It became a sacred thing for me. I did it slowly. I did it with intention and I did it with mindfulness. And if you know John Kabat-Zinn or you know any of the work that's done at the Esalen Institute in California or even Master Yoda, they're they're talking about this absolute importance of mindfulness on on what you are doing being paying attention to eating when you're eating only think about eating when you're eating uh the the his holiness the 14th dalai lama has a wonderful quote one of the things he says in the quote is it's a time of fast food but slow digestion and i i couldn't that couldn't have resonated more truly for me than when i started making mealtime sacred so rather than coming at the listeners with uh, you know, I found this power food that may transform your life. My my advice from what I've learned from my teachers is treat your meals as if they were sacred and observe the benefits in your own body. See what happens to your energy. See what happens to your digestive tract. You'll find amazing results. Wow. Thanks for that advice, Bobby. Yes. And I'm going to try out this advice today <laughs> itself. because. Good. 
I've been searching for what meal to eat, but mm-hmm. then ultimately, like you said, it's not about what you eat; it's yes. about how you eat the food and how yes. you respect it. Yes. Thanks a lot. So let's move into the next phase of our show, which is all about major challenges or learning moments. Mm-hmm. At my seven chakras, we are all about gaining life lessons from the experience of our guests, mm-hmm. and we believe that the value of victory depends on the scale of the challenge we tackle. Yes. For example, an Olympic high jumper. Jumping a couple of feet scarcely counts as victory. It's only when we push ourselves beyond our limits that our success becomes meaningful to ourselves and respected by others. So, Bobby, tell us about a time when you were faced by a major challenge or barrier. Yes. Tell us about that moment. What were you feeling at mm-hmm. that very instant, and then how did you approach or overcome that challenge, Bobby? Mm. You know, I love this. this theme of the wheel because all of these questions were so well laid out that I was able to tie in the same story to different different situations or or questions that will reveal more about who I am. So the major challenge in my life that helped me grow the most was this this interaction with my mom. The most recent story in my life that set me up for my purpose, for discovering mm-hmm. my purpose, I should say. So as I mentioned, uh the challenge because you heard the part about my trip to Machu Picchu you heard the part yep. about my spiritual revelation and then the fact that i wound up quitting my job i moved in with her i started my business but here's where the challenge really showed up is that i didn't want to do any of this all of my experience prior to this had told me okay let's look for what makes me feel good what what activity am i doing that makes me feel good okay walking in nature okay meditating so on and so forth This was the first time that the universe had said to me, "Bobby, this is your journey because it is painful for you." And that was a turning point where I realized I have to move in the direction that is painful. I have to move in the hard direction because that's where I'm going to find my truth. That's where I'm really going to see who I am and I'm going to grow spiritually. So the challenge was I had been running away from my family. since i was 18 there was a lot of there was a lot of deep angst toward the way i was raised toward the lack of freedom that i felt i had things that so many people could relate to but in our own experience we always think no 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 mine is way more intense like mm-hmm. i'm so much more angry at my parents and what yeah. i realized is resentment this is another and i can't remember who said this but this isn't this doesn't belong to me Resentment is like drinking poison and hoping that it will <laughs> hoping that it will kill your enemies. <laughs> Think about that for a moment. Here I was resenting my mom, resenting my family and I realized the only person that's going to heal this is me. You know, it's not my mom who needs to change. It's me. Mm-hmm. It's me. I have to show <laughs> up and say I love you unconditionally. just the way you are just the way you raised me deepak chopra has a wonderful program called the soul of healing affirmations and he talks about compassion and he says when you begin to see someone else not as a stranger but as yourself just in disguise you really begin to understand unconditional love and this was this was putting putting my money putting the money where my mouth was i had said that to people but i hadn't actually done it i hadn't actually gone to someone that i was angry at and said i forgive you I love you. Mm. I'm here for you and even though you might not fit the archetype of a mother for me, that's okay because I can still be here for you. When I did that, I I flushed the poison out of my body. I was no longer drinking the resentment hoping that my mom would pick up on it and change herself. I moved directly into forgiveness, love, compassion, and uh, the universe gave me a gift for that. It said, "Now, number one, you will feel love for your mother and she will love you more in return that happened our relationship changed not only that you will heal her because she will feel that love coming from you that happened but then you will discover your calling and your mission and you will be able to love everyone for who they are because you did this in the part of your life that seemed like it was the most difficult or even impossible mm-hmm. that was the greatest challenge for me to date in my life So looking back now Bobby what is that one major life lesson that mm-hmm. you want our listeners to take away from your story and your experience Yes 
so well placed because it's exactly we need a button or a bottom line after a story like that. So I'm glad I'm glad you placed this here, Aditya. And the lesson is ask yourself what are you avoiding in your life? And whatever that thing is, take a minute to to feel in your body what does it do? What is it doing to you? What is the avoidance? Why are you avoiding it? And then commit, take it head on and do it with love in your heart, with gratitude. This is so important. With gratitude for being alive. Be so, when you become grateful for all the things that you have, you will notice a new power in confronting situations that you're avoiding. It's amazing how well gratitude will play in your favor. Be grateful for being alive. And lastly, <laughs> this is borrowed from, my, from one of my spiritual teachers. He said, his teacher told him, you want to be fearless? Be honest. Wow. Love in your heart, gratitude for being alive, and 100% honest. First off, Bobby, thank you for sharing your precious life lesson mm-hmm. with us and allowing us to learn from your experience. Yes. I know it must have been really hard to go back to that moment, mm-hmm. but at My 7 Chakras, we strongly believe that our experiences only make us stronger. Mm-hmm. I agree. So, Bobby. We are now moving on to the next portion of our show, which is Mm -hmm. all about finding the reason we've been placed on this earth. Mm. We're going to talk about finding your true calling or your purpose. Great. When you find your calling, it's a different feeling of experience, Mm -hmm. of empowerment and fulfillment. Mm -hmm. You'll realize that you've been training for your calling since the moment you were born. And Mm. just when you need it most, the right people will show up with just the right tools you'll need to support you on your journey. Mm. So my question to you, Bobby. Have you found your calling? If yes, what is your calling? Yes. And first, I just have to say, Aditya, I love your your transitional quotes. They are like, they are so, they're really resonating with me. And they're, they're, they're bringing up things for me. I think um, Carl Jung called this synchronicity. So when you said that, I'm thinking to myself, you're absolutely right. And it reminded me of another quote from Joseph Campbell. He says, when you follow your bliss, and that can be interpreted as following your calling, when you follow your bliss, doors will open where there were not doors before. And where for anyone else, there will mm-hmm. be no doors. There will be no doors. And when you said teacher, then lessons and opportunities show up when you follow your bliss, you are so right. So I found my <laughs> calling and here's my, here's my calling. My calling is to inspire others through authentic self-expression and authentic living in my own life, number one. That's the most important thing because if I don't do that, no one will trust me. They'll know that I'm not being real, I'm not being authentic. Number two, challenge and coach others to integrate their true selves so that they can inspire others through their own authentic living. And number three, and this one's really interesting, but I knew it was right for me because I was scared out of my mind when I Mm. heard this from my inner voice. My inner voice said, Bobby, you need to you need to do this. Originally it said you need to become a priest and I thought about that more and said <laughs> <laughs> right? And I said no, no, please. I love Buddhism. I love Hinduism. And it said, "Okay, calm down, calm down." My inner voice said, "You need to commit to spiritual service." Very softly, and I was mm. really scared because I wanted to do something else. My ego wanted to do something else. So number 3, here's my spiritual service calling. Retell, recapture and reproduce the ancient mythologies of our ancient spiritual past. Beautiful, beautiful. And Bobby, I'm sure that when you discovered your calling, you may have felt ecstatic, excited, Mm -hmm. and extremely empowered because Uh, you could say with conviction that this is what you want to do for the rest of your life, right? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And even, even retelling it to you, Aditya, and to the listeners, this is one thing that I talk about in my program. When you're doing something that's in line with your true self, you will feel it as you say it. You will feel visceral validation. So I can actually feel prana moving through my body and giving me some chills and making the hair stand up on my arms as I say this to you. And that's a really good sign. So you're exactly right. Wonderful. So we're talking about moments over here as you, I'm sure, went back in time to that moment when you actually found your calling. So let's go back in time. Let's hear your story beyond post which you thought, okay, this is going to be my calling. (laughs) (laughs) Do we have to? Do we have to go back to that day? Okay. Okay. All right. Well, have, and this is for the listeners, just pose this hypothetical question. 
Have you ever been at work and you went on your lunch break and you were so fogged up in your mind and so hazy that you weren't even really aware of what was going on and you thought, what, you know, what day is it? What, what time is it? I've been inside in air conditioning all day and I, I'm just like totally fogged over and hazed over. Well, if you have, then you know what I was going through the day that I decided I was going to make a change. Mm-hmm. I was on my lunch break and I knew uh, I was in an energetically draining environment. Not that it was necessarily a bad place. It just wasn't the right place for me at that point in my life. And the universe was saying to me, it's time to make a change. And are you ready? And I said, yes. So on that day, I decided I needed to get help. And that was a really, really important thing is knowing I don't need to do this on my own. I need to find someone who can help me do this. And and I think that's an incredibly important piece of advice for anyone that's going to transform their life is find someone that can help you do this, that can guide you and uh, open up to them. Be vulnerable, as you said, Aditya. Be vulnerable to a teacher and open your heart to them because when you do that, they will help you. So I opened myself up to a therapist and to a life coach. And I started working on, at that time, a relationship that I was in. I just, I couldn't bring myself to end this relationship even though I knew in my heart that I needed to. It was the most terrifying thing I had ever done at that point in my life, and I needed help figuring out, why can't I do this? People break up with each other. We hear about people Mm. having breakups and things like that in their lives. But for me, it was a monumental task. I was so scared, but I knew I needed to do this for her and for me because we weren't really, we weren't on the right we weren't on the right space together. So I needed to find out why. Six months later, I figured out why. And I summoned all my courage at that time, stepped into, broke the threshold, moved across the threshold, stepped into my fear barrier, and I did it. Her life completely changed for the better. And I was afraid that it was going to ruin her life. My life changed for better. So there's an example how your ego may create mm-hmm. this this story and say, hey, if you do this, this is going to happen. I know it for certain. But your heart says, no, it won't. No, it mm-hmm. won't. You, but you have to step into the fear to do that. So I was able to break free from that, worked with my coach, worked with my therapist, touched my authenticity, cried hard for the first time, laughed the, the loudest I've ever laughed. I fell in love. Uh, I really understood what it meant to love what it meant to be in love. And the difference was love is, is giving everything you have. It's knowing that you would give anything and everything. That was the first time I'd ever experienced that. Then my heart broke and I had to forgive and I had to grow. I confronted my parents. Then I started my business, uh, moved in with my mother, cared for her, became really angry with her as I talked about, healed old wounds with myself and with relationships. Mm-hmm. I recovered from tremendous loss and even addiction in my own life and learned a lot about how important spirituality is in recovering from addiction. I kept working on myself all the time. And I kept looking for new teachers and new healers, not because the old ones were no longer uh, relevant, but because I had moved to a different location. Mm-hmm. So I, when I moved, I would say, okay, now I need to partner with someone new. And because my heart was saying, it's time to move into this spiritual practice. This is right for you. It's time to focus here. Uh, I practiced different traditions like Buddhism. Uh, I've done some some work in, in Hindu practice, um, even in paganism, and even in, in integrating uh, different parts of Christianity, trying to just experience it for myself. I admitted to myself what I was avoiding, and I confronted myself. I had to be honest with who I really was, love Mm -hmm. myself authentically, and in return, I loved the world. So at that time, I thought my calling was this voiceover business I had started, but one day I realized I don't want to create advertisements that uh, are not energetically inspiring and powerful for people. Mm -hmm. This is where I was in my journey, at my level of consciousness. I knew that I no longer wanted to do these ads. I wanted to create something that was going to help people. I wanted to use my voice that I feel like was a gift given to me by the universe, by creator, to empower and inspire other people rather than pull them down or get them to do something that I didn't really believe in myself. That was a big turning point for me, and I had to admit that that uh, it was time for a change. And at that point, I became a student all over again built a team around me to help empower me, use the mastermind principle, as Napoleon Hill calls it. Yeah. And I found my life purpose. 
confronted it, accepted it, loved it, and now I'm doing what I am right now, and I'm blessed to be able to talk to all of you about it. Mentor and disciple. <laughs> Those are the two things that come to my mind as you yes. share this. I think as yeah. individuals and professionals and entrepreneurs, we all have goals, all have visions, but sometimes we try to figure out things by ourselves. But mm. you know, the truth of the matter is we don't have to reinvent the wheel. All mm. we need to do is have a, a, a mind of seeking asking the right questions yes. and being ready to receive. So thanks a lot for that, Bobby. It seems yes. like uh, you found the right mentors, the right coaches uh-huh. who will help you on your journey. Well, Aditya, I have to tell you, I, I mean, hearing you, I feel like you could definitely be a potential mentor. So I'm always open to people who have something to tell me that uh, or share with me that is going to empower me. So thank you for inviting me because I'm learning more just in this 35, 40 minutes. Well, right back at you, Bobby, because I am learning so much right now. (laughs) And and having said that, we've reached the wisdom round where I will ask you a series of questions. And Mm -hmm. during this round, our listeners will get to listen to nuggets of wisdom, get inspired and obtain actionable steps that they can take right away. So my fellow yogis and chakra healers, in case you want to take notes, I strongly urge you to take out a notepad and a pen. Mm -hmm. So Bobby, what is the best advice you have ever received? (laughs) So great. Because if any of you know anything about Taoism or there's a wonderful book called The Way of the Peaceful Warrior written by Dan Millman. Uh, There's also a wonderful book called The Tao Te Ching and uh, The Tao of Pooh, which talks about just the differences between branches of spirituality like Taoism, Buddhism, and, and Confucianism, mm-hmm. is here's the best piece of advice that, that I've ever been given, is the true Tao, the way, we can use the word way that can be applied to more than just one spiritual tradition. The true way cannot be spoken about. It can only be known. It can only be experienced. And what does that mean? It means don't take it from me. Don't take my advice. Don't mm-hmm. take my word for it. Know it for yourself. Go try it. Don't be afraid to try something. Try it and say, does this, is this right for me? Does this feel good for, for where I'm going on my path? And no, and don't let anybody, don't let anybody tell you otherwise, know it for yourself. That's the best piece of advice I've ever been given. Priceless, simply (laughs) priceless. (laughs) No, at my seven chakras, we strongly believe that great habits can dramatically enhance the quality of your life. So, mm-hmm. if you had to recommend a personal habit that contributes to your well-being, what mm-hmm. would that be? Yes, excellent question. I'm always asking other people, uh, "What do you do in your life?" Because a lot of times we we ask people, "Hey, what do you do for a living?" And they say, "Oh, I'm a I'm a project manager or a data management consultant." And I'm always wondering, "What does that really mean?" So what, true. what right? What does that actually mean? We have all this wonderful jargon. So, here's how I do it. Here's how I do my my uh, spiritual practice on a daily basis and a personal habit that I'd recommend. A form of meditation along my journey, it's insight meditation or mindfulness, also called vipassana, Mm -hmm. two times per day in the morning, if you can, at the moment between the night meets the day when the sun rises, and at night when the day meets the night at sunset for a minimum of 30 minutes. And I would highly, highly recommend that, uh, and this just comes from my own experience, have a teacher. Work, meditate with someone who's been doing it for a long time that can help answer questions and just create a sense of accountability so that you keep coming back. Thanks, Bobby. Uh, that beautifully ties into the next question that I have for you, which is about your morning ritual. So if you could, please describe the first two hours of your day in the morning. Yes. I'm going to paint a picture Mm-hmm. Uh, in the listeners' minds, because I, I think stories and telling stories and creating visuals are a wonderful way to get a feel for what what's going on in the world. Perfecto. So it's 6.30 in the morning, and you can hear the sound of a morning wren outside, <whistles> whistling and singing. Songbirds are starting to wake up, and the sun is pouring through your window. I open my eyes. And I gradually awaken and I can hear the birds and I can even hear the dogs that I live with rustling, uh, starting to wake up themselves and stretch out and yawn downstairs. I get up 
I put on a sarong, which is a Polynesian, um, a piece of cloth that the Polynesians will wear. Mm-hmm. It's wonderfully light, wonderfully freeing. Sometimes I wear pajamas. Um, but I put on this outfit, I stretch, and I slowly and intentionally walk downstairs, not thinking about what I need to do or what tasks I have for the day. I'm just breathing, staying conscious of my breath. I get a glass of water, warm, put a lemon, half of a lemon, half the juice, juice of half a lemon in the water, and a little bit of local honey, which helps me uh, combat uh, allergies. It's a wonderful tool that one of my friends taught me. I drink this water on my back porch, and I'm looking at these beautiful deciduous trees, and I can see a swallowtail butterfly fly past me, which is my totem animal, which is a sign that I'm in the right place. That's why I moved into this house. Mm. I'm outside drinking my water. I finish the lemon water, take a breath, and I go on a bike ride or on a walk into the park that's right across the street from my home. It's a, it's a park nestled in this community that's, that's hidden amongst other homes. Walk into the park, smelling the beautiful air, breathing in that fresh prana and listening, staying very present to the sounds of nature that I hear around me. Cicadas, I can even hear insects trying to get a taste of my sweet blood. They love biting me. <laughs> I used to think I'm just going to sacrifice myself for the mosquitoes. Maybe there's something they could, I could benefit from them and they could benefit from me. That's a hard practice. I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> okay. So I've done my exercise. I love to be outside in the morning. It has a huge impact on how I start my day. So after I've done that, maybe I'll do yoga outside or maybe I'll do body, just moving my body, putting it in motion, pull-ups, leg raises, something where I'm using my body outside. I come back and I take a cold shower. Most people laugh hysterically when I tell them that because they're like, you've got to be kidding me. I'm not taking a cold shower. This isn't something that I say everyone should do. But for me, it wakes me up better than anything else I've ever, ever tried. I mean, take a cold shower, try it, 60 seconds, write me an email and tell me how you feel afterwards. You will be so fired up. So I take a cold shower, even if it's cool, if I'm feeling a little ornery that morning, just that it's not warm. After I take the cold shower, I'm, my body is electric. I can feel everything. I'm aware. I know what's going on. I can sense my body. That's when I start my meditation practice. Mm-hmm. After my meditation practice, Aditya, I'm so glad you listened to Les Brown because usually I listen to Les Brown. No way. <laughs> yes way. I either listen to Les Brown. I've also found uh, a gal named Lisa Nichols who is really great or someone that Les talks about, but I think he's, he's fantastic. I mean, this man is, you know, he's living his life purpose. It's obvious when he you is. watch him, he's doing what he was meant to do. So I watch some form of meditate from, uh, some form of motivation in the morning. Uh, and then I have a raw food breakfast, usually a muesli that I'll make out of a combination of nuts and seeds and chia and, um, a hemp meal or ground flaxseed. And I have almond milk. And then that puts me at about the hour and a half mark and I'll start to, I'll take a piece of paper out and I'll do my creative work Mm -hmm. in the morning. Always creative work for me because that's when I am the most in touch with the creative force, the the divine creative force of the universe. That's my two hour morning. Thanks a lot, Bobby. You make me want to go outside my studio and (laughs) take in the fresh, beautiful, life-giving air so thanks yes. a lot for that you're welcome i hope you do yes so bobby if you could recommend one book for our listeners what would that be ah uh, i couldn't pick one so i hope you'll forgive me i've got to say three two i have to give you three three is perfect <laughs> okay great and because uh, anytime I find a new book, I will get on my phone. I mean, I'll be reading, you know, one page of the book and I'll say, oh, this is the most amazing book I've ever read. And I'll get on my phone and text one of my friends and say, you need to read this, you know, and, and I'll take a picture of the page I'm reading and I say, read this page. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. So here's my top three books. Number one, The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho. Number two, Finding Your Own North Star by Martha Beck. Number three. The Tools by Barry Michaels and Phil Stutz. And just so the listeners know, the techniques and the wisdom that is shared in these books are used. I have used and integrated them 
in my 30-day transformational program because they have worked so well mm-hmm. in my life and in the lives of, of clients that I've worked with. Thanks a lot, Bobby's Chakra listeners, just to inform you, you can find links to all the resources that we discuss about in the show notes, right? Uh, so, Bobby, I've truly enjoyed listening to your journey and the stories that you shared were really inspiring. Before you, you go, tell us one thing that you're really grateful for today. Tell us the best way we can find you and then mm. we'll say goodbye. Uh, I'm going to take a breath. I am grateful for the opportunity to be invited to the show. This has really been a wonderful a wonderful practice for me. I've learned a lot just in this 40 minutes and I'm absolutely blessed to be able to talk about this. So thank you very much, Aditya. Thanks for coming on our show, Bobby. I really appreciate it. And here's how folks can reach me. I ask first that if anyone wants to get in contact with me, they email me directly at bobby, B-O-B-B-I at ancientfrequencies.com. You can also find me on Facebook at The Voice Within. Aditya is familiar with that page. He found that one. Either one of those. But if you'd like to speak to me directly, send me an email, bobby at ancientfrequencies.com. And I'll be posting that in a document that I'm sharing with Aditya uh, that will be, sounds like, a part of the session notes. Thanks a lot, Bobby. That is incredibly kind of you. Thank you. So, Bobby, thanks for coming on our show today and sharing those priceless nuggets of wisdom. Mm. I hope our paths cross again sometime really soon. Uh, You have a great day ahead filled with warmth, laughter and prosperity. Thank you very much, Aditya. And namaste to both you and everyone that's listening. Thank you for listening to My 7 Chakras at www.myseven.com 